Hello and welcome to another episode of Brothers Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experience, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared, and today we're going to talk about the Pirate Code. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we, we talked about different creeds in the past. We talked about Samurai Code, we talked about... Bushido. Bushido, we talked about the, sh- uh, the Code of Chivalry from the Knights, uh, and we've talked about a couple of things, and this is, so this is the Pirate Code, and we're talking about pirate stories and stuff, so... It's uh, pretty interesting. There's some great pirate stories and uh, interesting uh, laws. They weren't as lawless as you'd think, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a whole. It was a really interesting lifestyle. Um, it's kind of like there's sometimes they say there's no honor amongst thieves. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit. Well, definitely rules, uh, strict rules. In maybe some not cases. honor, but rules. Yeah. Like most of these rules, it's like if you do this, you die. If you do this, death. If you do this, death or marooning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, let's go ahead and let's let's go ahead and dive into this episode. All right, let's do it. Spartans, what is your profession? Any man who must say I am the king is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. Let us all unite. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about pirates and the pirate code. So the, the golden age of piracy, of pirates, is um, give or take a little bit, about 1650 to 1730. So it was around 100 years. Um, There's lots of different reasons why people became pirates. Maybe they were... Um, deserters from a a, uh, uh, a a military, a naval military, or maybe they were uh, just uh, hooligans, or there's lots of different reasons why people would become pirates. Maybe they were criminals that uh, wanted to escape their past to the sea. Um, basically, these pirates were, um, they would sail the open seas and they would take advantage of of ships. Um, you know, whether that was, they were taking, um, money or prisoners or slaves or Or goods that were being, yeah, just, yeah, just goods that, you know, they would, they would commonly, uh, patrol through, uh, trade routes and different things like that. So, um, the pirates were really considered, they were considered the, the ruffians of the time, the criminals of the time. Um, but they had... Uh, a really interesting culture within uh within the pirates that that is kind of known as the pirates code or the articles of piracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a group of sailors that had turned pirate would draw up their code or articles, um, which would provide rules for several different things. Number one, discipline. Number two would be a division of stolen goods. Number three was compensation for other pirates that had been injured during battle or during the siege of another ship or during for goods. Um, uh, pirate articles really varied from captain to captain, even from ship to ship. Or voyage to voyage. Or voyage to voyage, but uh, there's kind of a, there's a guideline, right? There's, yeah. there's kind of like a... Uh, a common occurrence or a common theme in all of these uh, 
in all of these well, these thing, articles. Yeah, one thing that's interesting about these these things is that when people would come on, they would have to sign uh, these articles, and in some cases, uh, they would force you to sign. Uh, like if you were captured, uh, you know, a pirate captured you, they might si- force you to sign uh, the thing, and then like, well, because if you were ever prosecuted and your name was on that thing, then that could be a death sentence, you know? So it's like, well, you're already one of us now, so might as well just conform, you know? Yeah. It's funny, though, that some of them would protest. They would say, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, so that they could claim that yeah. they were doing it under duress. They would make the pirates say, like, you know, pretend to force me to do this. Yeah, yeah. And even though they wanted to do it sometimes. Yeah. And so yeah, it's kind of a weird... Yeah. So uh, these these buccaneers, these pirates operated under this the ship's article. Is the buccaneer and the pirate the same thing? Yeah, buccaneer and pirate same thing. I think buccaneer kind of comes from maybe the earlier ages or earlier stages of pirates, and then it kind of developed. I think buccaneer comes from. I can't remember. I watched a video on it, and it was saying that the word buccaneer came from. I don't know. It was something French or something like that. That was like that meant to like to cook out in the open is what it meant. Mm-hmm. And these pirates, they cooked out on the decks of their ships, and so they called them buccaneers, and then they ended up to, to uh, you know, we even use the word pirate today in, in everyday language. You know, you've like pirated music, or you have, yeah. you know, pirated DVDs. I don't have really DVDs anymore, but, um, yeah. you know, it's like all kinds of pirated stuff. Pirated music from LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was it? iMesh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone on the, on the, ship was governed by the ship's articles. Uh, each crew member was asked to sign or to make their mark on the articles. They had a sheet of paper um, that they would swear an oath of allegiance or honor to the the articles on the ship. Um, the oath was sometimes taken on a Bible. Uh, other times it was taken on, if they didn't have a Bible, they swore on an axe or they, a musket. S- they swore on a musket or a, a, a crossed pistols or a sword or a human skull in some cases, or even they had to stand next to the cannon and, and, and swear among, you know, upon the art- the cannon that they were going to obey the articles, right? And then they had to sign the paper itself that, would, that had the articles on it. Um, and it's interesting because the act of... Uh, um, Signing this um, this sheet was they did it in a really interesting way. So they didn't sign it in order, right? They signed it. This is where where we get the term like round robin. So they signed it, and the the document they signed was called a round robin. So they would all sign it in a circle, and they would sign it kind of like in a, around a center point on the the on the 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 articles so that no one man was at the top or at the bottom. Um, it was kind of everyone was in charge and no one was in charge. Uh, obviously, there was hierarchy in the ship, but that but way, it was voted upon. It was voted upon, and that way no one person could be blamed for formulating the articles. It was everyone, this applies to everyone. Yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so that's is, a little bit of the history yeah. of the... Yeah, some of the things that uh, one of the things you didn't mention that I, I find interesting in some of the pirate codes is around like personal behavior. Yeah. So like, there's no gambling or dice or cards will be tolerated. So like, they don't want people playing cards or playing dice. One of the interesting ones was uh, we'll talk about this guy more. The articles are Bartholomew Roberts. He was Black Bart. I'll talk about him more. But one of the interesting articles he had is says no boy or woman to be allowed amongst them. If any man were to be found seducing any of the latter sex, 
and carried to her and carried her to sea disguised he was to set he was to suffer death so that when any fell into their hands as it chanced in the onslow which is a different one they put a sentinel immediately over her to prevent ill consequence from so dangerous an instrument of division and quarrel. Yeah. <laughs> so the woman was an instrument of danger and quarrel. Uh, but then they it says... They would put a guard in front. But, guard. It says, but, then, but then here lies the the roguery. It says uh, the con- they contend who shall be the sentinel, which happens generally to be the one, uh, the greatest bullies to secure the lady's virtue while let letting another... Well, basically... Taking advantage of her himself. The Sentinel was the one <laughs> yeah. that got to that, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of... <laughs> yeah, I, I did some research into... Um, I mean, it, the people that signed these articles, it gave them voting rights, like you said. Um, it also gave them the right to bear arms on the ship. It was kind of like a trust thing. And they it, had to it, always keep their weapons clean and ready to go yep. at a moment's notice. Yeah, I was going to read through some of the yeah, the, the Bartholomew Roberts. He had his articles actually are, are still listed, and there's there's actually eleven of them. Um, but I wanted to just kind of read through some of them. You said a couple of them. The number one was every man has a vote in the affairs of the moment, uh, has equal title to the fresh pos- uh, provisions, so an equal equal title to the food or strong liquors. And at any time seized, or uh, and maybe and may use them at pleasure. So basically, everyone gets an equal part. Um, the next one was every man can be called fairly in turn by list or board prize. Uh, so basically, that's like every man gets a fair share of whatever they, um, whatever they take. And in this one, it specifically says, but if they defraud the company to the value of a dollar in plate. So basically if they steal from the whole company, from the rest of the crew or hide money or whatever, it says uh, marooning was their punishment. And if two men stole from each other, then, um, or if, if one man stole from another man on the ship, they would slit off his ears and his nose. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, no money or no dice games and cards for money. You had said that one. This one was really interesting. It says the lighting of candles to be put out at eight o'clock at night. If any of the crew after that hour still remained inclined to drink, they were to do it on the open deck. Yeah, which is interesting. And there was there's a couple other ones that I saw in there that it was punishable by like lashings and different things. If you lit a pipe in the like the the below parts of the deck where they kept all like the gunpowder or yeah. anything, or if you had an open candle or anything like that, they would be you, you <laughs> like you get lashings for yeah. like if you didn't have your pipe uh, capped and you walked into that room, you get punished. Well, that was like a when that one there. That's like, that's like a lights out time. Like yeah, time to go to sleep. You know, turn off the lights. Yeah, to keep their pistols in their pieces, their cutlass clean and fit for service. Uh, you talked about no no boys or women on the ships. Um, to desert the ship or their quarter in battle is punishment by death or marooning. So if you're a deserter, then you, you death or marooning. Yeah. Um, no striking one another on board. I thought that was really interesting. That you'd think that pirates are just these ruffians that are fighting each other on deck and everything else, but his this is one of the biggest pirates of all time, 
And he's like, no, no, no. There's no fighting on my ship. It's like, rip. If you want to fight someone, fight me. Yeah, fight me. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, too, going on with that one. It says, but if there was a quarrel between two men, then they had to fight it out on shore. And so the quartermaster would take those two men to shore, mm-hmm. and they could either fight it out with pistols or with swords. And yeah. Isn't um, that what happened in Treasure Island? Is he... No, so it was uh, saves. Oh, no, it was uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, oh, right? Yeah, he escapes yeah. and he goes onto the island, and, and one of the pirates uh, had stolen some money mm-hmm. or something like that, and so they were gonna they were gonna kill him. But then the guy from Count of Monte Cristo was like, "Well, let me uh, fight for let him. me let me fight him, and if I win, I get to be a member of the crew, and he's okay. But if you know." If I lose, then it'll be a good spectacle, right? Yeah. yeah. He, you know, spoiler alert: he beats him, but he so. doesn't kill him. And then the guy owes him a death, yeah, a death oath, or a death like oath. Yeah. Um. So I, I can keep going. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's a couple more. So uh, uh, number nine. This one was interesting. It says, "No man to talk of breaking up their way of living, till each had shared one thousand pounds." And so I, and it, it kind of goes on, but. Um, it, that's really interesting. Talking about it's, like leaving piratehood. Or yeah, something? it's like it, it. It almost kind of quells the the naysayers, right? You always have that one rotten apple that spoils the whole bunch. Why it's, are we out here? This yeah, is this bad. Is, this is, it's it's hot. I don't want to do this. And blah 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 blah. You know, just a freaking complainer. It's yeah. like nobody wants that guy. And so he says, you know, I don't even want to hear you talking about leaving or this way of life until you have uh, shared at least one thousand pounds. Which is like, I guess, until you've been in the business for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then you can like have your quarrels or whatever. Um, if in order to this, and it goes on to say, if a man should lose a limb or become crippled in their service, he was to have $800 um, out of the public stock of the, the ship. So if he was like hmm. maimed or something during battle, yeah, yeah. then he would get extra. Um, the captain and the quartermaster were, were to receive two shares of any uh, loot that they were supposed to get because they were the, the, the higher rankers. And the last one is that uh, musicians have to rest on the Sabbath day, but the other six days and nights... Uh, there were none without music. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, those are Bar- Bartholomew's, Black yeah, Bart's rules. Yeah, there, there was there was some other ones um, that uh, kind of there's other pirates that had very similar ones. We kind of talked about them. There's one that said if you fought on the ship, you would get 40 lashings. Um, and then... There was another one that says, if at any time you meet with a prudent woman, that man offers to meddle with her without her consent shall suffer present death. So basically on this specific captainship, if if you you took a woman, like raped her, you'd be killed, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> you think that most of these guys would just rape and plunder and everything, but really it was just like, and like we we talked about once before, uh, intimidation. The episode on intimidation was yeah. about Blackbeard. Yeah, and how these a lot of these guys were men of their word. They and they were merciful to some extent because if you were a man of your word, you said, "Hey, I'm not going to kill everybody on your ship uh, if you just give us your stuff." Then people would surrender easier. It wouldn't be such a hard battle. Yeah, I do have a story about Blackbeard too. Um, 
but actually before we get in a couple of stories, I had one other one that it says, uh, he, he that sees a sail first shall have the best pistol or small arm aboard her. So if someone sees a ship off in the distance and, and they're, they're like, oh, you know, Oh, I see a ship out there. The first person to spot it, they get to choose whatever weapon they want. Oh, that's cool. Like out of the, out of the stockpile, they get to choose whatever they want whenever they attack that ship. <laughs> nice. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, should we talk about maybe Black Bart since yeah, he was yeah, the, one the ones, Yeah, since we just shared his code. So Black Bart, uh, it, it was kind of known as one of the greatest pirates of all time. Uh, he was around in the 1719 to 1722. So he had a short, only three-year kind of career uh, in this. So uh, he said he was said to have captured over 470 ships in his career. Uh, so. He pillaged ships from Africa, coast of Africa, South America. Uh, he was fearless, ruthless, just smart as a whip, and he had basically no equal on his seat on the seas at the time. So Roberts came to piracy somewhat like against his will. He was on a trade vessel and he served. Uh, he was serving on, and he was captured by a pirate, uh, Howell Davis. So Davis was a, a Welshman like Roberts and forced him into joining the crew. Uh, that's what we talked about earlier. Uh, but Roberts soon found that he actually liked living the lifestyle, and it was far better pay and, and better privileges too. So when Davis was killed six weeks later, Roberts found himself the surprise winner of the crew's vote uh, to be the new captain. So by the height of his career, he had effectively halted all trade in the West Indies. So he was... Uh, a big pain in the butt to the British Navy. They absolutely hated him. Now, he was known as Black Bart after he died, but uh, the British Navy... You know why they called him Black Bart? What's that? So a, a lot of the uh, uh, captains and things like that at that time, they would wear those white wigs that you see a lot of the English people wearing. Mm-hmm. They'd wear those white wigs, but he refused to do that, and he had like long black hair, mm-hmm. and he would like tie it back behind his head, and they, they that's why they called him Black Bart. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, and so the British Navy, I mean, he was public number one to the British Navy. And at that same time, he was somewhat of a hero to the common folk. So with every conquest, his, the legend grew about him and his adversaries could not help but you know admire his bravery and also his cunning. So he was known as to uh, be fair with his crew and with those that he plundered, similar to the way Blackbeard was. Uh, so Roberts would eventually, because if you're if you're being if you're known as fair, then when you board a ship, people say, "Hey, if we just if we're just chill, he'll just take the goods and go. He won't kill us all." But if you think, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna kill us all. This is terrifying," then like it's kind of depicted in Pirates of the Caribbean that it's like I'm gonna fight to the death, you know, because yeah. uh, it's either that or I die. So Roberts would eventually meet his end off the coast of Africa in combat with the Royal Navy in 1722, having just plundered a merchant's vessel and with one of his ships already captured by the British, Roberts attempted to escape and took on uh, on broadside fire with which killed him uh, basically where he stood. Now his crew uh, stunned, a lot of his men lost the battle and were taken prisoners, 272 men under Roberts's command, were captured, and 52 of them were eventually hanged during a two-week period. Roberts' body was never found, believed to have been weighed and buried at sea by his crew during the fight. So he's down in Davy Jones' locker. 
Interesting. Short career, four hundred over four hundred seventy ships in yeah. three years as a pirate. So that's pretty wild. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's like, I mean, in three years you have fifty two weeks in a year. That's like a couple a week. Yeah, he halted almost the ent- all trade out of the West Indies. So it just was like the whole thing was gridlocked because he just kept plundering all these people. Wow. I thought it was interesting too that they were saying that some pirates they would. Um, they would refuse to capture or to fight against ships that were uh, from their native countries. That um, they were just like, no, nah, you know, if they were from England or whatever, I'm not going to do British ships. Or if they're from maybe just because they didn't want to mess with the government. Well, yeah, maybe specifically. <laughs> so uh, I got an interesting story. Uh, well, at first, I wanted to talk about the um, uh, one of the pirate code that is very common that we haven't mentioned yet is the the article of uh, parlay. And so um, parlay basically is a term that was originally written on the pirate, the uh, pirata codex, the the pirate codex, uh, which is, allows a person to invoke a temporary protection order and to be brought before the captain to negotiate without being attacked until the parlay is complete. So, uh, you think if like the the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the lady says parlay, and then they take her to see the captain. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Or is it? What it w- yeah. So I mean, that movie isn't based on a true yeah, yeah, story, yeah. but parlay. Yeah, it was definitely true. If yeah, you, yeah. you could avoid the fight, and if you wanted to negotiate with the pirate captain, you could claim parlay, and then most that was most part of most of the pirate codes across the industry, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so they would say, ah, dang it. You know, okay, we can't kill you. We'll take you to our captain and we'll let him negotiate or Interesting, kill you. Interesting, yeah. Um, so we, we've actually said a couple of things about uh, Blackbeard or uh, Edward Teach or Edward Thatch, as some people knew him as. Uh, legend has it that in 1776, Blackbeard... Um, he raided Charleston, South Carolina, and he raided the town, plundered, took a bunch of stuff, and took it on a ship, tons of riches, and legend has it, right, he did not want to uh, share the, um, let's say, the the loot with all of the men on the ship, so he dropped 25 of his men off and marooned them on a, on a desert island. Wow. That was an interesting story. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe th- maybe these are there's a couple hundred guys on a ship potentially. Yeah, right. And so maybe these are twenty five guys that were. I heard that maybe he, they were mutinous or yeah. something like that. I heard that he sat outside the Charleston Harbor for like weeks at a time. He would just and then he would just anything that came in and out. It was he just took it. Yeah, and it basically shut down the Charleston Harbor. It's not <laughs> crazy, you know, to think that I go to swim at that beach. Yeah, and just you know, hundreds of years ago there was a pirate ship out there plundering and looting yeah. everybody well and it's that's really interesting too we're thinking we're talking 1700s right i mean that's 300 years ago 17 17 17 right 2017 would be 300 years when was you, you said 1776 for him no it was 1717 oh okay yeah. i thought you said 1776 no 1717 oh okay yeah so i don't interesting story about him yeah, that, that didn't, didn't really that kind of went against the pirates code yeah, really is, yeah it kind of seems like and, and i mean it was a legitimate story that supposedly he did that sem- that seemed out of character, but I mean he was a pirate. I don't really yeah. know. Maybe they were maybe they were mutinous or something like that. And maybe they were kind of you know 
forming a clique that they were going to go against him or something like that. And he just kind of nixed that and said, you guys go yeah, yeah. maroon on this island. <laughs> Interesting. I have a story here about Calico Jack Rackham. That's kind of a cool name. Rackham up. Calico Jack Rackham. So Calico Jack, he served under Charles Vane in 1718. Uh, Vane was an Englishman like uh, Rackham, a uh, uh, feral pirate and captain of a ship called the Ranger. When the Ranger encountered a massive French warship outside of New York Harbor, Rackham rallied the crew hoping to take the ship and its cargo. Uh, Vane, the captain at the time, refused, to, refused and fled the fight. So later the crew would vote Vane out of his captaincy and for his cowardice, basically, and place Rackham in command. So Captain Calico Rackham Jack, or Calico Jack Rackham, was born. And this guy, Calico Jack, boldly took over uh, the large merchant ship, killed the king. Call, he, he later in his career uh, boldly took over a large ship called the Kingston, uh, that was from the Kingston Merchant Company, and the company was pissed. So they sent a bunch of privateers to go find him. And so what they did is uh, he was uh, on land, and his boat was out in the sea, and they were just eating or so whatever. And those privateers came, and they took his boat. So him and his men fled into the island. Uh, I think they were in Cuba at the time, and they eventually kind of. He had a small boat, but they eventually kind of made their way back to Nassau. And he kind of started back on the straight and narrow, I guess you could say. He asked for a pardon from the local governor, and uh, he started on his new life. And the thing is, is though, is that later he fell in love with a, a woman named Annie Ann Boney. Or I'm, actually, I'm going to call her Bonnie. B-O-N-N-Y. Ann Bonnie, uh, who was the wife of one of the governor's men. So you don't want to do that. Hmm. Uh, when the affair was discovered, that's not, that's not a good way to get a pardon. Yeah. When the affair was discovered, the governor ordered Anne basically to be whipped as a punishment for this. And Jack was like, "My name is Jack, Captain Jack Calico Rackham, and that ain't gonna happen." And so he fled with Anne, stole a ship, uh, took her, and started the pirate life again. <laughs> I'm back. It's a at pirate's it, life for me. Yeah. He's like, I'm back at it, uh, and. Uh, so she was by his side disguised as a man, which is very interesting because, you know, that's against the pirate code. Uh, and he led a crew on on more plunders and raids. Now, he wasn't super successful uh, like some of the others, but he, he was moderately successful. Uh, during one of the attacks, Rackham captured a crew of a merchant ship and took on a sailor with an interesting secret of her. Of her own. Oh. So Mary Red had lived and worked dressed as a man uh, from the time she was a teenager. She struck up a friendship with Bonnie, uh, and when Rackham, and then actually Rackham became jealous, uh, and then they, he finally figured out that she was a woman too. He's like, why are you, <laughs> why are you, you hanging out with this, this other pirate guy? guy? He's like, oh, well, because uh, he's actually, uh, that'd be, she's, she's a girl. That'd be hard <clears> to hide your... I mean, these must have been some rough, tough women. Yeah, yeah. They were. I mean, there had to have been some manly, not not dainty women. No, they were definitely rough and tough. Which is funny. There's a quote in here that I think you'll find funny. Um, uh, so, like most pirates, Rackham's story basically doesn't end well. Following a short period of mayhem, where he once again, you know, 
didn't he wouldn't he didn't do a lot of great stuff. I mean, he just kind of robbed a few little things here and there. Uh, Calico Jack was overtaken by uh, by famous pirate hunter Jonathan by a famous pirate hunter uh, Jonathan Barnett while drunk ashore with his crew and and his that was his whole crew. Uh, Rackham was taken back to Jamaica, stand trial for his deeds, uh, and where and there would be no pardon this time. He was hanged for his crimes on November 8th, 1720. So before his death, Bonnie is alleged to have said, if you had fought like a man, you would not be hanging like a dog. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> talk, about, talk about a touching goodbye, right? So his body was hung outside of Port Royal as a warning to other pirates. Isn't that, isn't that the, the port in... Uh, in in Pirates of the Caribbean, isn't it Port Royal where they have all those pirates? Remember at the beginning of the movie where he's sailing oh, yeah, in, maybe. And he salutes all the dead pirates that are hanging there. Yeah, maybe. I think that's the Port Royal, maybe in the movie at least. Well, you know that's kind of interesting how they would hang him outside like that. Yeah, to warn like pirates. a warning. Yeah. yeah. So that's the story of Captain Calico Jack Ragum. Hmm. Interesting. So, I've, I've got a I've got a story here. This takes place in in 1704. So you talked about uh, the um, privateers, yeah, right. The privateers were basically uh, they were basically pirates that governments hired to do a job. <laughs> Bounty. They're on, they're they're on the other side of the coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're, they're 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 pirates, but they were for hire. Pirates for hire. Um. So there was a group of of English uh, privateers that uh, were traveling around, and basically England had paid them to attack their enemy vessels, whether it's, you know, French vessels or Italian vessels or whoever the enemy was at the time. They're like, hey, we're going to pay you, and you just, you know, you can go attack these people. Just don't attack us. And so uh, there's this one specific ship that they stopped on the uninhabited island of the of Juan Fernandez Islands, um, just one of the in uninhabited islands of the chain, and it is off of the coast of uh, off the Chilean coast, actually. And so there was one crew nem- crew member named Alexander Selkirk, um, and he really had never gotten along with the captain of the ship, whose name was Thomas Stradling, and. Alexander Selkirk Selkirk told the captain that look this ship is not right it's it's not going to it's not right for sailing it needs to be fixed there's some major issues and everything um and he said I'm not because they were on they're on this island right they were kind of docked um and he said I'm not getting back on that ship and um the captain this straddling guy was like okay well if you're not going to get back on the ship then we're leaving and the guy with the the Selkirk guy was like, well, 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 you know, this is an uninhabited island. He's like, I don't know. He's like, can I please come on the ship with you? And the captain was like, nope, and left, and just left him on this island. Um, just left him there. So four and a half years later, there is a different um, privateer vessel that is. Uh, I was going to say driving, but is sailing around these uh, Juan Fernandez Islands, and the captain spots a fire on the beach of one of these islands. And he's like, that's weird. These are uninhabited islands. And so they go and they 
you know, the next day they pull up to the island and uh, guess who's there? Selkirk. He's still alive. Four and a half years later, he's just been living the high life on this uninhabited island off the coast of Chile. And so um, the the captain, the new captain of this, of this pr- uh, privateer ship that found him, he said, quote, he stood draped in goatskin clothing, looking wilder than the first ones who wore them. Right, so basically he's saying wow. he, he looked crazier than the goats that wore the skins initially. <laughs> and so Selkirk Or was, the first men that wore the goats skins. No, he's talking about like the the goats themselves. Oh. I guess the first the first ones that wore them were the goats themselves. Oh, really? Um so he was like, Hey, welcome to my island. Right? So he gives them a <laughs> tour of his island and and he had built these two huts and he had he had uh taught himself how to hunt the goats of the island with his bare hands. And he had kind of um, domesticated them a little bit to where he could, he, he was like so, sort of raising them. He had, he had built a couple huts around the island. Um, he would season the meat with uh, pimiento peppers that were growing on the island. Wow. And he would cook the meat up. And he, he had a, there was tons of rats on the island but he found some feral cats and then domesticated the cats with food and with breeding and then ended up uh, keeping the cats around his little uh, like village that he had made. Yeah. Right. And they kept all the rats away. No way. And so like all these different types of things that he was doing. Um, so cool. sounds like that's a little bit of a bigger island, at least. To, yeah. It wasn't like that much. It wasn't like just animals. sand in one palm tree. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, um, he he was the funny thing is too is that he was right about that original ship that left him it was damaged and it uh sank like 6 months after they left him it, it sank off the coast of colombia um, the whole crew died well no the the captain died but the colombian government actually ended up uh um uh capturing and putting in prison like 100 sailors that were on that ship wow and so he got away from that but so when Selkirk re- uh, uh, returned to England, they he you know put him back. They they rescued him right, and they took him back to England. He kind of became a bit of a celebrity. He was telling a story, and there was a guy that kind of wrote down a story, and it was in all the newspapers and everything. And he was kind of a big deal, kind of a mini celebrity. Well, uh, his account uh, w- was written down, and actually that was the inspiration for Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. So. There's some differences in the story. Robinson Crusoe was on the island for like 25 years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was kind of cool that that was the inspiration for that story. That's a great book. Yeah. Great story. I love that survival story of Robinson Crusoe. Kind of cool. So yeah, it was loosely, it was based off of this, uh, this Selkirk's guy. Huh. Interesting. Well, there's so many interesting things about the Pirate's Code. I think that, you know, in this case, you could, you can't necessarily say that there's no honor among thieves because they had to, have a set of rules or else being on a ship at, at sea with a bunch of guys you know, who are gambling for money and fighting. And I mean, it would just turn into total chaos. Yeah. So you got to have complete anarchy. There has to be some kind of, you know, hierarchy or leadership and, and rules. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting and, uh, a kind of a cool thing to look at. And it's interesting. I kind of, I kind of equated a little bit to us thinking about it. It kind of sounds like, like a gang, to a certain extent, you know, yeah. so, some of these gangs that are out there, 
they have very strict rules within the gang themselves, mm-hmm. like uh, you know rules of respect and this and that and the other. And um, I guess it was kind of like a yeah, it is. It's like a like a motorcycle club. Yeah, an MC. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, I think this is uh, always a good conversation. Uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate your listening. Uh, love to hear comments on all of our episodes or, or feedback. We always love to hear interesting topics that you guys want us to cover. We're happy to do that. So uh, let's uh, continue to build that creed together. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm.